Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Director's Cut, your one-stop shop for all the latest trends and discussion on all matters relating to sport and exercise science, strength and conditioning, and healthy living. I'm your host, Tim Hanway, the Sports Performance Director here at Velocity Sports Performance in Norwood, Massachusetts. Uh, it is the weekend of November 26th, so Thanksgiving has just passed, so for all of those out there, I want to wish you and your family a happy uh, belated Thanksgiving. And today, believe it or not, I'm actually flying solo. So this is what I consider to be a bit of a mini-sode, uh, given the fact that A, I don't have uh, a guest speaker, but also the fact that most of you know I'm prone to some rambling, so I try to kind of give myself a little bit of a cutoff window so I don't go off on too many tangents. Excuse me. But anyway, today's piece is all about what it means to be a culture athlete. So what I'm actually doing is I'm going to be building upon a recent article, a uh, written piece that I actually did on the uh, Velocity Sports Performance Norwood website, which is all about this concept of mindset. So I'm actually shifting gears a little bit into more of the intangible qualities as they relate to sports performance. I mean, so much of my podcasts and my guests up to this point, uh, and even my written content for Stack Media, Velocity Norwood, has all centered around, again, tangible quantitative um, aspects of sports performance. So whether it be increasing sprint times, adding inches to a vertical jump, uh, understanding um, you know, just some of the main take-homes when it comes to training female athlete populations. You know, now I want to kind of spend a little bit of time on focusing on maybe some of the fuzzier things that people don't necessarily think of as much or that usually at best get lip service, but in actuality, I would argue, are just as, and dare I say it, if not even more important than some of the more uh, tangible sports performance qualities that, again, are, are so tied to physical well-being. So this is the stuff that has nothing to do with how high you can jump, how fast you can run, how strong you are in the weight room. But that being said, these are those intangible qualities, those mental, that mental toughness, those mental skills, that psychological outlook uh, that, in my opinion, is what really separates the great and exceptional athletes and even, dare I say it, champions uh, from those that maybe have the same level of talent, if not more, but just for whatever reason, aren't able to actually achieve their true potential. So today is all about this culture athlete. Um, what does that actually mean? So first what I want to do is just kind of, again, revisit uh, that written piece I just alluded to where I discussed kind of mindset. And really what I did is I just kind of explored some of the work by a very famous Stanford psychologist named Carol Dweck. And what Dweck uh, discusses in her work is this concept of mindset. And basically we have two types of mindsets. We have this growth mindset and we have this fixed mindset. A fixed mindset, according to Dweck, is often what limits people from truly, really excelling in life. You know, these are individuals that spend their time either documenting their talent or intelligence as opposed to actually developing it. And they often believe that talent alone creates success. So in so many words, you know, effort really plays kind of little part in the end. 
A growth mindset, on the other hand, rewards effort and hard work. You know, those who adopt a growth mindset see success as a continuous journey with every challenge along the way as an opportunity for development. These individuals appreciate the high correlation between dedication, effort, and outcome, and they actually thrive in the presence of challenge and adversity. So, you know, in the same article, I go in depth about kind of two different wrestlers uh, who a very well-known wrestling coach uh, from my college, uh, Coach Donald Murray, kind of discusses. And, you know, in my article, he, he gives a shining example of two talented individuals, yet one happened to be a four-year All-American, and how he approached his um, – his, his preparations really is what allowed him to achieve so much more than his contemporary, who, of what I understood, was just as, if not even more, kind of talented. So in my show notes, I'll put a link to that article so that everyone can kind of appreciate what I'm talking about. But like I said, I'm, I'm trying to limit myself to a timer here. But, you know, this mindset um, can now be extended further into this concept of being a culture athlete. So the fact of the matter is, is you can have the right mindset, but so many of my young athletes are involved in team sports. So with the exception of my tennis players, I have some martial artists, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is how you interact with your team and how your team interacts you is needless to say going to have a profound impact on performance and outcome. So, you know, let's look at some kind of some big cultures that I think anyone in this audience can understand. So we live here in uh, sunny New England, even though the weather is turning. Uh, everybody knows New England Patriots. Everyone knows Bill Belichick. Uh, the Patriots have a particular culture in place. And there's a reason why they are so successful. Have they won the Super Bowl every single year? No, they haven't. But are they perennial contenders? Usually always making the playoffs. Do they have an incredible record? Um, not only this year, but in past years? Yeah, they absolutely do. But there's a reason why the Patriots are so good. Because many would argue that they don't actually have the best football players in the league. You know, the Amendolas, you know, some of these guys, they aren't traditionally the ones that are going to, you know, light up the arena. You know, but needless to say, these guys play for one another. We extend this back further. We look at other teams like, uh, of course, Vince Lombardi, arguably the greatest uh, you know, coach of all time. I mean, his name is on the trophy. But yet, I believe it was in the 60s when he was with the Packers, and he you know, took a, a ragtag bunch of individuals and instilled this incredible culture within the team that really was the catalyst for their success. Um, you know, for any of my international audience, uh, especially those in the UK and specifically England, you know, you can look at a team like the 2003 England Rugby World Cup winning team, you know, with names like Johnny Wilkinson, Martin Johnson, uh, Mike Catt, uh, the list goes on. Um, same thing, Sir Clive Woodward, who was the coach at the time, he didn't necessarily have the best rugby players in the world, but yet he did something so remarkable in, in achieving, you know, England's uh, first world kind of title. But whether it's the Patriots, whether it's the Packers, whether it's a, a national rugby team, you know, there's a lot of different um, common, there's a lot of different factors that go into these things. But the one common denominator, I would argue, is culture. All three of these examples have a strong team culture. But you as an athlete can do something to contribute to that. Because in the end of the day, coaches, athletes alike, want the same thing and they want to be successful and there are numerous things an athlete can do 
to be what I consider to be a culture athlete, someone that is going to help build culture, someone that is going to help their coach realize their vision for success. So in kind of uh, spending uh, the weekend really kind of thinking about this, I've come up with what I consider to be seven tips as to how you can be a culture athlete. And again, bringing this conversation full circle for all my basketball players that are going to be starting um, their tryouts this week. And I remember that myself, you know, being in a gym, one of 60 or 70 athletes all vying for, you know, starting spots on a 12, 15 man roster. Uh, There's going to be a lot of basketball playing. And the question becomes, how do you step out from the pack? And as I've already mentioned, so many of, of our athletes have done an exceptional job of you know, focusing on the physical qualities, getting stronger, getting faster, you know, increasing their vertical jump. I got some great data to back that up. But there's seven things, in my opinion, that all athletes can do, especially during this first week of tryouts, where they can absolutely stand out and they can position themselves for success. So here are my seven tips. Tip number one, get to the line. Always get to the line. What do I mean by that? Well, again, making this a little bit more basketball-centric, just because it is that time of month, you know, chances are you are going to need to run some shuttle sprints. Unfortunately, that is a fact of life. That is why we do things like the 300-yard shuttle. Uh, We do things like beat tests. Coaches love to do conditioning sprint work on the court. But you need to get to the line. And I don't mean one inch short of the line. I mean get to the line. Your coach says touch the line with your foot and hand. You touch it with your foot and your hand. Remember, during this kind of period, coaches are going to be on the lookout for these small behaviors. You know, when they have the team or they have a group of you, say, jog around the court, who is literally cutting corners? And you're going to see that. And you see it all the time. You see somebody lead and they actually cut corners. Don't be that athlete. Run around the entire perimeter. Get to the line. Just that one small percent difference. Yes, you might finish second as opposed to first in that shuttle sprint, but your coach will know if you've gotten to the line. So without any hesitation, always get to the line. Tip number one. Tip number two, be the first. So what do I mean by that? When the coach blows the whistle, and everyone's taking foul shots or practicing, uh, you know, just post-up moves. Be the first to get to the middle. Hustle. Sprint to wherever the coach is. Don't lollygag. Don't walk around, um, you know, lazily grabbing a, gla- grabbing a bottle of water. Just like you get to the line, be the first. Show your eagerness. Show your keenness. Show that you want to be there more than anybody. Again, coaches pick up on that body language. So get to the line and hustle. Coach blows the whistle. He wants you to rally at a certain point. You get there, and you get there as fast as you can, no matter how tired you are. Number three, tips for success that, again, are these intangible qualities that really have nothing to do with how fast you can run or how high you can jump. Positive energy. You take a bad shot. Um, A teammate makes a mistake. Be positive. One of the best things that you can do is be positive. You know, when we look at a strong culture, behavior is infectious. 
And it doesn't matter if you are a fourth-year returning senior or if you are an incoming freshman surrounded by a bunch of strangers. You know, this is where I challenge some of you in my audience to step out of your comfort zone a little bit. But exude that positive energy. Have a smile on your face when you're playing. You know, if a teammate or you make a mistake, you know, smile about it. Pick yourself up. A teammate makes a bad pass, don't worry about it. Give him a pat on the back. Give her a pat on the back. Let her know or him know that you're there for the next one. But have that positive energy. You know, bringing it back to my friend Sir Clive Woodward. He's not my friend, but <laughs> bear with me. But, you know, Clive Woodward discussed when he did some documentaries on building his World Cup team that he actually got rid of and cut some of the most talented players in England at the time. And he were he they were, excuse me, what he considered to be energy zappers. So even though they were talented individuals, they were the ones that maybe scoffed at things, or they were the ones that maybe talked down to their teammates, or that just did not exude that energy. So yes, coaches will be on the lookout for positive energy. And you want to show that you have it in leaps and bounds. And that leads me into my tip number four. Be vocal. Basketball players, just like any other athlete, need to communicate. You know, you think about pack gyms, state finals, you know, people, uh, you know, stomping their feet on the bleachers, any, any indoor court game. And I would say the same with any kind of indoor arena game. So, you know, if we're talking ice hockey players as well, I don't want, I don't want my hockey players. I think I completely forgot about them. But, you know, fact of the matter is communication is key. And in a sport like basketball, you need to be vocal. You know, so point out who do you have uh, when you're guarding someone, when you're doing some offensive drills. Um, you know, shout. Uh, let your team know that you are there. Don't be shy and timid. Be as vocal as you can. And that, again, goes back to exuding positive energy. Be loud, but be positive. Again, if someone makes a great shot, let him know. Point to him. Let him or her know that they just made a great shot, a great play, a great pass. You know, when the whistle blows and you're in between plays, you know, give him a fist. Give him a high five. But okay, maybe a high five is a little bit outdated. Uh, that's for more of my, uh, my fellow 90s brethren. But you get the idea. Be vocal and positive. Let your coach know that you are there. You want to talk about building a strong culture? You know, you need to have leaders. You need to have people there that are going to exude that positive energy, but most importantly, be vocal. That's how that energy is communicated. And you want to be seen as one of the best people at doing that. Brings me to tip number five. I've already kind of mentioned it, but again, support your teammates. You know, there are going to be teammates and if we're talking tryouts even individuals that may not be as talented as you support them you know support them not only when you're in the drills and when you're working hard but think of it this way when we go back to those shuttle sprints chances are if there's a huge amount of athletes in a small gymnasium you're not all going to go at once you're going to do it in waves be vocal when the other half of the team is going while you're resting. Cheer them on. Let them know that you have their back. You know, again, that costs nothing. That's just effort. It doesn't matter how high you can jump, how fast you can run. But support your teammates and do it genuinely and organically. Coaches will see that and they will take notice. They want spark plugs. They want people that are going to be, again, positive, enthusiastic. That's going to help them build their culture. But support your teammates. Do the things like we said, that might not make you the most popular, but do the things that coaches are going to recognize and that they're actually going to make you feel good, believe it or not. And supporting your teammates 
it kind of goes without saying, but you'd be surprised the amount of people that don't do it. They're just so focused on themselves. But if you want to be the best at something, you need to support your teammates because in a, in a, in a sport like basketball, it truly is a team effort. Tip number six, be the first to shake hands. And I don't just mean this, you know, from a traditional standpoint, like after a game where, you know, you, you form two lines and you shake hands. Again, I bring back a great example that Clive Woodward explained. So I say this one a little bit more metaphorically. Shake the hand of the person that has beaten you. So what do I mean by that? When Clive would uh, announce his team after practice, in, in whether it be a World Cup match or whether it be against another national side, one of the rules was that... If a player was not selected, so either they were selected on the bench or they weren't even selected for the team at all, they, they just they couldn't get past the practice team, their job was to shake the hand of the person that beat them out on, for that spot. Why? Well, first of all, again, it shows solidarity. It shows that positive energy. It's a chance to be vocal. But A, it shows a level of humility. And I don't know anyone that doesn't appreciate humility because... Being a humble person, um, I think a lot of people see that as, as, a, as a real sh- sign of strength and character. But by being the first to shake someone's hand, maybe they're the one that crossed you over. Uh, maybe they're the person that uh, managed to just hit that beautiful three-point jump shot right in your face. When that whistle blows, shake their hand. Let them know that you appreciate their ability to play. Let them know that you appreciate that uh, they're pushing you. And I think it goes back to this concept of a growth mindset. It's like I said, you know, true champions, they don't see adversity as an obstacle in their way. They don't see that player uh, who is currently better than them as, as something to be overcome. No, they see that person as a facilitator. That person is pushing them to get better, to reach new levels of ability. You know, that's, that's the whole reason so many athletes even come to, to facilities like Velocity in the first place. They, they thrive in that adversity. But by being the first to shake hand, you, in my opinion, you're, you're um, agreeing to that kind of implicit underlying philosophy behind sport. Um, so, yes, I, I want to give a shout out to uh, Dr. Cesar Torres, who was my sports philosophy professor at, uh, at the College of Brockport, because uh, I remember this stuff. But it's so true. You'll notice that the best players uh, in the world have that humility. And by being the first to shake hands, um, first of all, again, it, it allows you to exude that positive energy, be a positive influence. People are going to want to work harder for you. That includes your teammates. You're in turn going to want to work harder for them. And coaches do notice that. Lucky number seven, play every scrimmage like it's the Super Bowl. And I had to throw this one in there, all right? One of my favorite movies of all time, and I remember being young enough to see it in the theater, and I know this is a a main point of contention. Some people either love this movie or you hate it, but for me, I love it, and that is the movie Rudy. And anyone that has never seen the movie Rudy, stop this podcast right now, um, Go on Netflix. I was about to say Blockbuster, but again, I think that's a different era. But watch Rudy because, in my opinion, um, you know, the movie Rudy really exemplifies so many of the six previous points. And again, I'm not going to ruin the movie for you, but. You know, there's this famous scene where it's actually a young Vince Vaughn. Uh, he gets upset at the main character, Rudy, uh, again, who is who's effectively a walk-on for Notre Dame football and by all accounts really has no business being there because he certainly doesn't have the physical talents. But by embodying my previous six points, he makes this team. 
and he is going all out in the scrimmage, and he manages, I think, to to sack or to to tackle a young Vince Vaughn, who's a quarterback. Uh, you know, Vince Vaughn gets really upset about this, complains to the coach. You know, even says, you know, what's this guy's problem? He, he's playing every down like it's 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 the Super Bowl. To which the coach replies, exactly, and that's why you've never even made this first team. And I just feel like that's a really powerful scene. So, bring your best. Always bring your best. And again, bringing this conversation full circle, it's that same thing. Get to the line first, all right? Every chance, every play, every pass, you play it like it is your last. And that is something, in my opinion, that the best athletes in the world do. Are there times where you need to conserve energy? Yes. Am I saying that you need to needlessly burn your burn yourself out? Of course not. But you need to play your scrimmages. You need to show more than anything that you want to be there more than anybody. You do all of these things. So again, number one, you get to the line. Number two, you be the first. Anytime, you know, coach asks for a huddle, coach tries to bring the group in, you be one of the first ones there. You exude nothing but positive energy and you be vocal in the process. You support your teammates. You be the first to shake his or her hand or just acknowledge them after they made a great play or even if they happen to beat you out for the for that starting spot. And you play every scrimmage, every pass, every moment like it is your last, you will stand out. So I'm at the 20-minute mark. That's effectively what I gave myself uh, for this. But like I said, having that right growth mindset, combining that with being a culture athlete, that is what's really going to allow you to, to excel, whether it be on the ice, on the field, and on the court. So much time is dedicated to developing athleticism, and it should. You can't be successful without having those qualities, without being strong, without being fast, without being explosive, without being agile. But that being said, you have to have the right mindset, and you have to be willing to help build the right type of culture for you to truly enjoy and for you to truly maximize your potential when it comes to the realm of sport and athletics. So in closing, I want to wish all of my high school and middle school athletes that are starting tryouts, so specifically my basketball players, but again, I also want to give uh, some shout-outs to my hockey players, potentially any volleyball players, because this is, this is the week where you have the chance to shine. And by simply doing these seven things and combining it with all the hard work that you've done up to this point, you have no choice but to succeed. So this is Tim Hanway, the Sports Performance Director, wishing all of my athletes an exceptional, uh, exceptional luck for their first week of tryouts. And again, I will be back next time with some new partners in crime. So enjoy the rest of the holiday weekend, everybody. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.